Hello and welcome to my podcast, Conversations with Cornelius, where I, Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan, discuss, chat and hypothesize on all things from fatherhood, marriage, comedy and everything else in between. From time to time, there will be special guests, but mostly it's going to be me and some regular contributors, including my main squeeze, Noelle Patricia O'Sullivan, a.k.a. The Wife. So sit back, relax and enjoy Conversations with Cornelius! Hello ladies and gentlemen and um, I hope you're keeping well. Uh, This week's episode is a twist in time guys. Uh, This episode was recorded in the depths of lockdown and has never been released until now. Um, It's from a podcast that myself and Bernard Casey had been toying with uh, releasing and, and doing on a regular basis but life got in the way when lockdown ended and we just both ended up getting extremely busy and just didn't have time to make it happen but uh, there are some beautiful episodes that will be released on this podcast over the next while so at least they're not lost um, and uh, yeah who knows anyway listen with that being said please um, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of Conversations with Cornelius, aka the Square Ball Podcast. God bless you, and I'll belong to you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Square Ball Podcast. My name is Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan, and my name is Bernard Casey, and you're very welcome back to the podcast. How are you, lads? You're keeping well, right? What do we say? What do we talk about? Well, we're, we? we're here on a, we're recording this on a bank holiday Monday of the May weekend. Uh, it's a it's a wet and windy day. Tosh Gamos has played Tosh Gaffer. Agustan Gaffer Shady. What would you call them now, Ask Gaffer, the lads that are on the pitch there? They're not footballers or hurlers. Aineen, I suppose. Aineen. Birds? Yeah. Crows? What's the Irish for crows? Uh... I don't know, like a crew. <laughs> <laughs> Get off the fucking pitchy pack of crows! <laughs> yeah, there crew. Are two, there are three crows on the pitch, yeah. I think, yeah, uh, I think Aineen is a little bird, like, so. Oh, Aineen Vyoga, sit it on ground. Shot a paddle, shot a pole. Immigrate feather, immigrate fall. Tatanash a feather, tatanash a fall. Anne and Barry went to school. That's all I ever learned the in end. Irish. <laughs> 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 they're they're tearing into the worms. We're in Aerog, is it? Aerog G A Club here in Ovens, County Cork. It's a grand spot. It is our regular haunt for for our podcast. It's a lovely, quiet area in the the back of Calumny Village, uh, just off the main South Link mm-hmm. before it begins there um, at the Ovens Bar. And it's a, it's a lovely setup, isn't it? This football pitch. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. We've been here now a few times and. Um, We've done some sketches over in the sh- over in the shed, I suppose, which is their uh, the their stand, mm-hmm. and we've gone for uh, we've lapped the pitch, and they've got another little practice pitch down there. They're doing all right for themselves, Air Oak. It's the nice doing all right. setup now. The, the small practice pitch at the back is probably for underage games and training, but it's a nice little thing, and it's right next to the primary school as well. So I'd say they can come in there for their training and their coming a month school or or school, I think you call it. Skeenish school, isn't it? school. Mm. But it's a fine setup here in uh, in in Oak. Are you missing? Matches going to matches. Absolutely, absolutely. Because midweek, do you know what I was saying a Tuesday or Wednesday, and you're kind of like, the week. Oh, Jesus! You see that then maybe mm. on the TV, the Sunday game, this and or the Saturday evening game or something. Mm. You're like, ah, oh, brilliant. Or else you'd be talking to someone and, and you'd hear, oh, you heading to 
heading to the championship match on, on Saturday evening or Sunday. Mm. I said, you know what? I am now. I am now. Yeah. 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 Uh, like, I'm... I'm definitely missing it this year. I think last year with COVID, there was a kind of a novelty factor of, oh, Christ almighty, then just all off. There's no football at all. We'll have yeah, to yeah. find something else now. We'd have to do it, yeah, yeah. Have you tried porn on the internet? There's <laughs> <laughs> all the rage. But that's what you said to me, and I was like, no, no, like, uh, brother, come on, I'm a married man, happily. And you were like, well, don't knock it, you try it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I have the to say. The novice championship. <laughs> the novice championship. The anyway, we won't go down those lines. You have to stop me when I go down those lines because. I will. I'm notorious for going down dark avenues for the crack. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the what happens when, when I suppose people who are stand-up comics do a sporting podcast yeah. where it's going to be completely... Uh, we haven't talked about sport yet, like. No. no uh, uh, do you, you want to go to a championship match? No. What about... <laughs> so, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll manage it some way, all right. Don't we'll get there slowly, but surely. I'm a slow learner, like, but um, <laughs> I'll get there eventually. Uh, but no, I would say that what I am missing is, because I, I see it this year, like my, I have a 23-year-old son now, and we'd have had, I, I think we said this last week in the last podcast, you know, going to league games, watching lads coming along, and at this stage of the races, you're getting... You're close enough now to the first round of the championship. Like, the first, like, first of May normally is... Like, we're playing championship, first round of championship around this weekend or maybe in the next week or two. Yeah, definitely. Club club championship in, in Kerry will be mid-April and it'll be tearing on through May yeah. and it would stop then for this. Well, traditionally, it would stop and it'll come back then. Until after the middle the of winter. Middle of winter <laughs> then when the, you have to make sure that it's minus four and g- gale force wins, you know. But, yeah. uh, but this week, we're going to talk about rivalries mm. and classic rivalries, not just your stereotypical you know, everyday rivalries that come to your, your mind. Oh, k- k- Dublin Mead, Kerry Dublin. Yes, we'll we'll delve into them, but we'll we'll delve into rivalries like both geographical, historical, and uh, kind of success rivalries as well. Mm. You know, ones that are kind of unusual that you wouldn't have heard of. But we would also cover the the, the, the standard ones. And Cornelius, what is your first ever memory of a rivalry? My first memory, I suppose, of, of playing is when I was about 11 or 12, no, but no, 10 or 11, playing with the school, playing with the national school. And there was no rivalry when you were in schools at all. Like, you know, the only thing that mattered really was that you got the day off, you got the half day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, that's, what, that's how I fell in love with Gaelic football. It was a reason to get out of school. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And hurling. Um, and you'd, you'd go and... Like the only thing you'd go to the other parishes and you'd be playing against boys and girls who wore different colour uniforms on and off the pitch and like you, there was no hatred or there was no kind of vindictiveness. It was just like we're all <laughs> look at this we're we're all off school you yeah. know and that was it and that was that was my first thing and then I kind of graduated onto under twelve and even I remember under twelve we got to a couple of North Cork finals and stuff like that but there was still no needle at all at under twelve you were still innocent you know um, but. The mentors then, your mentors, <laughs> they have a lot to be responsible for, really, haven't they? Like, <laughs> the fucking mentors. We hate them, lads. <laughs> and we hate them! Yeah, yeah, the fuckers <laughs> next door, they wouldn't piss on us to give up, put on a fire. Like, running up and down the line, shouting in uh, fucking instructions into your 12, t- you know, 11 or 12 year old. Hit him! Hit him, Connie! Hit him! Hook! Block! Ah, for fuck! Do you know, and the halftime team talks, Jesus Christ Almighty, will you get stuck in? Will you get fucking stuck in? Christ Almighty, God, you're standing off him. You're useless. 
but that was just my own personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then thing. the game would start. And the game would start <laughs> like there's like mad men with like pot bellies and and man boobs, and I have always said to myself, I'd never turn out like <laughs> like them. <laughs> and here I'm I am. not laughing at all. <laughs> <laughs> but like um. I'd have that was my first like I know the, the question is about rivalry like but like rivalry kind of for me is when like when puberty hit and I started playing kind of under fourteen. Yeah. Do you know your balls dropped and you got like you had a bit of like bit of bum fluff and you were like you were mad for you know like boning fellas <laughs> on the field like you know that was that was kind of when it kind of started with me like your skills were a little bit more honed as well and you were better at playing the game, um, but like. There was nothing else going on. It was just hurling and football, really. You had a little bit of soccer. You had a little bit of GA. But like when you kind of got to, when I got to under fourteen, I was playing with my club, and we came up against this crowd called Liscarroll. Right? They're not even a club anymore. Okay? And we 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 play each other six times a year. Three times in hurling. Three times in football because of the way the championships. So we kind of got to know their players. And it was like it was a it's a rivalry that doesn't exist anymore. But like it, it just sprang up out of repetition because you might win two games a year, they might win two games a year. There might be a couple of draws in there. You get to a couple of finals and stuff like that. But like the as you went on and you got to know the players, the intensity just took over. It just took over entirely. And you'd go out there. I often went. I remember playing an under sixteen final against Liscarn and. I was a f- I was had more fear in my body than I had passion for the game because I w- I knew who I was marking and he was a dirty bollocks. Yeah. He was a dirty bollocks. Like I can't even remember his name now. There was no help. Well, you could wear the helmets if you wanted that, but they weren't compulsory. And this fella didn't wear a helmet at all. And I had the helmets and I had the socks pulled up and I had the, you know, <laughs> I was the fashed. R- the, the wrists were strapped and everything. It's strapped whether they need to be strapped. And this fella was like he had fingers now, like and they were like fucking sausages, like you know. Yeah. And he like he was. He probably drove to the match. He like. probably drove and smoked a couple of fags yeah. as well, like you know, you know. He'd chain. Been, had gone. He was in the early house early, early that morning, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> under fifteen. But I, I, the, the biggest, it kind of came to a culmination with us and this girl, Ballyclough and this girl, at about, uh, at about under sixteen because we we were good and we ended up winning North Corks and going on. And they kind of stayed behind because they weren't really that good. But th- our matches were always close. It didn't really matter the difference between us because we knew each other so much. And th- you said they're not a club anymore, but are they joined now? Or, uh they're joined with Churchdown now in North Cork. So they're, they're Liscarroll Churchdown. And um, they have a fine setup. And Liscarroll is a beautiful little village in North Cork. I mean, it's like a gorgeous village. It's actually around, it's close to Bodafin, so there's like a lot of um, the French Norman kind of stuff right, yeah. going on Bo- in there. Bout de Vent. Bout de Vent. That's right. Don't get me started on Bodafin. No, that's, like, that's my pet hate in life. <laughs> but I, that's the first, my first, expe- uh, my first experience with rivalry was playing these because we hated them and they hated us and it was intense and the matches were intense and there was flaking going on and you'd, you know, do you know, you'd win one match, you'd lose another match, but it it would come off the field afterwards if we saw each other out in pubs or if we saw each other in back in the Highland in Newmarket there could be a f- you know, little bit of flaking yeah, going on yeah, could continue on to, could continue on and now years later if I saw any of them I probably wouldn't even recognise them now like you know because this was an innocent rivalry and yeah. I think I think that's interesting in terms of you know rivalries spring up and they kind of they evaporate then as well they do they do they, they evolve yeah um, for us growing up down in South West Kerry my club is Skellig Rangers so 
naturally our rivals were always Valencia Island. The so island. Valencia, Valencia Young Islanders, the official name of the club. So from early on, we would have always played them. So the bridge from Valencia Island would lead to Port McGee, which is where Skellig Rangers is. Skellig Rangers is the parish of Port McGee, and it goes into uh, St. Finian's Bay as well. So we'd, we'd take that... Um, uh, Beautiful part of the world. It, it is a wonderful part of the world, yeah. And our football pitch is located lovely at the back of the village, just outside. Fi- fine, strong wind blowing into the lower, the lower goal as usual. Um, which so is, is it? Is which is not the scoring goal, which is weird, you know. That is. I was just about to say, <laughs> yeah. is that the scoring goal no, then? The top goal is the scoring goal. That is weird. Yeah, the top. It's it's. You see, it's a south westerly wind, and the pitch is. I think it's north south. So it's a southwesterly wind, so it's kind of going cross, but it, it favours the lower goal. But for some reason, it's the other goal that is uh, that is the scoring goal, primarily. Jesus. Uh, a strange one, but we would have always played them growing up. And I think it's a lot of rivalries with clubs locally, you know, or in anywhere throughout Ireland. It's all geographical. It's the people that you are closest to, that you are next to, that you are actually probably more like than any other part of the country. That you hate. That you have the biggest rivalry with. And we always had... A very uh, a fierce kind of competitive rivalry with them. I remember when I started, the, I suppose we wouldn't have had under 10s or under 11s. We wouldn't have had that below because we didn't have the numbers. It was just under 12s. And whether you were 8 or 9, you played under 12s. Mm. That was it. So we, from 8 up to 12. We so we were 8, you were playing under 12 at 8. That was it. I probably, yeah. I was definitely, oh yeah. And We used to have a thing called the Bs or the under 10s, which was, once the under 12 match was over, they'd everyone who was a sub would go out onto the pitch and whoever was one of the trainers would throw up the ball <laughs> we'd play a Mario game for a Mario game for 10 minutes and uh, and it was always who won who won a draw to <laughs> the draw lads and I was like next goal wins we scored like 6 <laughs> goals like you know there were great times like I remember the first goal I ever scored was in one of those games and it was actually against Valencia the ball hit the crossbar and came down and I was like oh my god all I had to do was tap it in and I tapped it in I was delighted with life oh like, my it god was, it made my ear like and I, I like just to cut across like I was just saying that there at the start it's those formative years that are they're so golden like when they are, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're just playing it for the joy of it like we used to go down to the hall in Ballyclaw and we'd play kind of this kind of um an amalgamation of kind of Gaelic football and soccer and to be three on and three off and you'd score a goal in the next crowd and they yeah. like for two or three years oh lad you talk about going down there every Friday night and that's where your skills are honed as it well is, like, yeah, you know? absolutely yeah. but the thing with, with, with Valencia was before the league started be it under 12, 14, 16 minors we'd always play them in a couple of challenges mm. you know instead of a training on a Tuesday night we'd say look the lads from Valencia are going to come out or we're going to go into Valencia now next Thursday and we're going to play a challenge and uh, it, it continued like that for years but Whatever happened from we'll say two thousand and kind of seven or eight onwards, just depopulation wiped it completely wiped Valencia, but it kind of started to wipe our area as well. Just what what, wasn't what like at what kind of year? What year roughly? Was I was just my last year minor. We were probably the last. So my last year minor was two thousand and eight. So we were the last. That was the last South Kerry Championship of individual clubs. Right. So that was that one, and minor football in oh South Kerry then was unbelievable. The minor championship yeah. was absolutely hot and heavy. There was a different winner nearly every year. Finals were yeah. down to the wire. There was massive crowds. Yeah. But then after that, depopulation. It's all like I remember the following year. The final was was Skellig Rangers Valencia versus Drummond Waterford. Do you know it just wasn't the same. Like you were going, you were going no. to the game and you're like. 
even like both sets of supporters. You're only looking for out for individual. Yeah. But who's that fella there? No, he's some he's some drummer. Yeah. What's and oh, fuck it? Who is he? Now I know exactly what you're saying because you know <coughs> we're the same. We like we were very lucky. So you and I because we got to play with our club under twelve. Under 14, under 16, yeah, minor, under 21, and you were able to play. Like when we pl- we played this girl and Churchtown, they both had teams at that stage. Donrell had a team. Now Ballyglaw underage are joined up with Milford, who are about 20 miles back west. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that's definitely killing rivalries, healthy rivalries. Do you oh know? my God! Because I I've experience of it because Dylan played with them grow- all through minor all the way up, and they like they won a county. Ballyglaw won a county by themselves under 12. And it was a t- it w- they drew the f- they played Mill st- uh, cl- club back in Mill Street, and um, they drew the, f- the first match. And the replay w- was in Glanthand. There was a thousand people at it. Under twelve. At an under twelve match, I swear to God, because this team were just God Almighty. They ev- they were from f- one to fifteen. They were brilliant. Like yeah. you know what I mean. And this other team, we'd played them in the league, and we'd met them again. It was a bit of a rivalry. They've gone on to great things. Our, our team have split up, and we've lost loads. We've had to join up with another crowd back the road. Um, and it's depopulation, and it's not. And clubs being mismanaged as well, a small bit, I think, as well, has something to do with it. You Probably know, would. With like the underage sector. sector. Like It's been yeah. readdressed now with our club. We've got a great structure in place, and hopefully we'll be able to field our own teams. But, do you know, for years, you just had all the bodies, Bernard. That was it? Yeah, you did. Because if you were on your own, for example, when we were on our own, Lads who really didn't have much interest, they still they they were begged, borrowed, and stole to play. Yeah. Lads, come on! Like if you if you don't like, we're we're not going to have a team. I remember I know a lot of lads who played quarter forward, and they I'd say yes, they yes. didn't they didn't even know what was going on. Yeah. But they still did it, and they were and they then they got into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember a couple of boys there who didn't play under twelves and the fourteens, and they got back into it under sixteens. Because we were kind of stuck for numbers, and they got a taste for it then again. Yeah. Just by the time they were minor, they were deadly, and they they. They'd rest. Pr- they'd have played a pretty good, you know, pretty good uh, senior enough career, like you know, mm-hmm. w- senior club career, like that wouldn't be too bad. But it's a killer. Th- it's it a is killer. A killer. Yeah. It's it's destroying it across the board. You know, you're mentioning there now, and I just think it's an interesting that like depopulation. But like with with the whole way the world is going now, there kind of seems to be the ability to work a lot easier from home. I wonder will that bring people back into parishes? Will that? Kind of like for for example, it's very idealistic now to think this like, but Valencia Island is beautiful. I've been over there loads of times. Yeah. M- my wife is from Waterville, um, so I'm up and down to carry the whole time. We've often gone for pints ourselves, um, but it's gorgeous and like it's a go- it's like an amazing looking place. Like in the history of the, the island itself, and it's one of Kerry's best footballers of all time came for. It's still yeah, alive. Mick O'Connell. Yeah. yeah. And um and and even Knightstown like bar the, the the president the Protestant vibes coming from the name Knightstown. Um it's a gorgeous place. Oh, it it's is a gorgeous like, place. Yeah, yeah. Um there there could be a kind of a revitalization of rural Ireland as once a result we, of as it. a result there, of it. There is definitely like the remote working. Is there any sign of that happening? Um there is like Valencia's making a big effort, effort towards it with um like they have a lot of links with the transatlantic cable and things, you know, there was the first communication between Europe and North America was made in Valencia so you know they have a nice thing going on there in terms of that, so they're trying to, you know, develop that more and more, attract more people down. It's kind of a, it, it's a region now, so you have the Skellig coast. It would be the kind of new region, mm. say. It's kind of it's all of South Kerry, so it's from Falmore, Carstavine, Valencia, Port McGee, Renard, Waterville, Banskelligs, out, out as far as Cardinal, Castle Cove, Caldell, Caldell. All that now is is kind of a skelly coast, and people are, are are looking to to move down there. All right, now you look, you just have to get the infrastructure in place. You have to get no, no broadband. You must get the broadband down there. I, I can't even make a phone call. 
you know. Irish Don might he did and what what's the the, the the famous politicians, the Healy Rays down there, like they're they'd surely just line their lads with a f- just line their pockets with a few quid now and you'll get their fucking broadband <laughs> down there, Bernard. <laughs> it's gas, because people always say, oh, you're so careful. Oh, that's Healy Ray country. I'm like, they're about an hour and a half away from us. But you have a great bit about that in your, in your stand-up anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. We're, uh, it's about an hour away. No, from there, no. It's about an hour from there, no. Everywhere's D- an hour away yeah, from where you and, live. And Dingle, then everyone thinks we're from Dingle. It's like, so careful. Oh, we're Dingle. That's fucking two hours away. <laughs> 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 Do you know? Like, Kilgarvan is where the Healy Rays are from. There's, that's southeast Kerry, like, that would be... On the way to Kenmare, kind of job, it's from it's Cork. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's an hour and 20 minutes away from... At least. From, from our area, like... At least, but... Yeah, it's interesting. The modern the way the, the way the modern GA world is going, it is... It's interesting to see it because it looked like it's depopulation, but now with people working from home, yeah, the, the not the need to live in the big these big cities, these like the like everyone settings. in Kerry moves to Cork, everyone in Cork moves to Dublin, everyone in Dublin moves to London. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's the yeah, way it goes. Yeah, and yeah, then true, yeah. you know, London will win the other. Well, fuck year. it, they have a good chance. Yeah. They have a good chance if Work. they just go training and stop <laughs> drinking, <laughs> hand themselves into the garden. Most of the lads in London, I, I reckon they're on their own anyway. Like you know, yeah. hand yourselves <laughs> into the garden station, do your time, and come back and come fuck back go training. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quickly now, lads. Yeah. We've all forgotten about it. Just do your time. You made a mistake, but you're a good footballer, so we'll forget about <laughs> exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's it. But Fucking like hell. that, that is uh, probably the future of. If if the re- rural repopulation doesn't happen, you're going to look at more amalgamations, and you're going to look at a different type of rivalry that's not going to be as intense. No, a lot of rivalries with club football are can be quite you know spiteful, and they can be this, that, and the other. But if you see what I, what I notice a lot, a lot of the clubs that hate each other, right? That they say they hate each other about football and whatever. But when them boys go abroad to New York or London, they they're the boys that become friends. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed it a lot. Yeah. And they love each other, really. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's, like, it's like what you were saying there earlier on. Like, you know, the, the person that's fucking 20, 10 minutes down the road from you is the, you know, your biggest rival, your biggest, the biggest villain in the world, the lad you hate the most, but he's probably exactly like you. Yeah, that's yeah, it. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably exactly like you. But sure, like, that's it. That's what rivalries are all about. So, Valencia, so your... Would have been ours underage, definitely. We also shared a rival with, with Ballyfile Moore because we, Ballinskelligs is in our parish. Mm. We're in the same parish. And we bought, like, St. Finian's Bay then is the kind of, the cut-off point. So if you're kind of, if you're at one section of the of St. Finian's Bay, you play with Ballet Moore. And if you're in the other part of St. Finian's Bay, you play with Port McGee. So it can be, we've had a, a, a heated mm. enough rivalry down through the years. But it's, uh, it's... Um, no one's dead yet. No one, uh, not yet, no. Yeah. No. It's one thing, like, I mean, I, I've been to matches down through the years where it has kicked off on the field and, like... There's something like, you know, especially in these tight, like, rival matches, you know, a dirty dig or a dirty box. But, like, that's what that's the extent of it. Like, you know, a shamazel, a good shamazel is good yeah, to watch yeah, yeah. as well. Like, let's there call it a spade yeah. a spade. Like, you'd love to watch an old shamazel. An old, sh- an old handbag flying. Something, something breaking yeah, out. Yeah. You never really, like, I'm going to talk about something there later on now that I went, when we're talking about other rivalries. Like, but you, you rarely see an old. Nowadays it's all pushing. There's no boxing going on. Like, Not really. You know no, I mean? no. I'd say you'd love to see a bit of boxing, I'd like say the ice the, hockey. The, the big thing now, right, with social media is that if there's any kind of shamazel, now, people are out with the phones, right, in the yeah. stand, and they're recording, they're zooming in, and everything. If you threw a schmack, 
in a game and you'll You're be fucked. put up online you'll be on Twitter yeah. every sort of person on Twitter then that person should be banned from the GAA they yeah. they're a disgrace to their family and they should lose their job and be put off the road fucking keyboard warriors you yeah know, that's yeah. what's gonna happen and it's like that's the heat of battle like get it's over the heat it. of battle exactly and you don't know why that fella hit someone like yeah, yeah. someone it, might have no, said something about their mother like you shouldn't you, know I mean? you shouldn't you shouldn't punch someone in the field on, on the field obviously yeah well, unless they call your mother like, a whore exactly give <laughs> <laughs> him a box then yeah, yeah, yeah. And tell the ref, and if the ref wants to send you off, then that's grand. No one's calling my mother a whore, and that's and the end that's of it. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but like, like the sledging is t- is like yeah, that's that's t- that, that can be hard worse. To hold that in, that's man. worse. Like you know, an old slap is a slap, but someone like saying something deeply personal to you on the pitch like that that's that's yeah. fucking tough. Like that's what Matarazzi said. I know it's a different sport now. To to Zidane, he called his mother or his sister a whore. And like Zidane, just like the great, it can happen to the greatest people in the world. Zidane, one of the best footballers of all time, yeah. in a World Cup final, Matarazzi got inside his head, bang, headbutt into the chest. Yeah, didn't even connect with the nose. Like that's it. Yeah, <laughs> he was so furious. <laughs> I got you in the chest. Yeah. But like that's the thing, and that's why it's effective, and that's why you're looking at all these when your training teams and when like the North are the Nordies are are famous for it. Like they're like get inside their head. Get inside, inside our fucking heart. Oh, so funny. We were playing uh, over in New York. I played a game for Kerry, New York, when I was there for the summer. And we were, we were playing Armagh, so running kind of handy. And I was taking a free towards the end of the game. Did you have to uh, wear the Kerry jersey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, how yeah. fucking class is that? It's man? cool, right? But it's like it's got the Navalis, which would have been the sponsor. So it's Kerry jersey with the crest and everything, but it's a different sponsor. Uh, but still cool, still class. Very, but, uh, very cool. Playing the game. Anyway. We're winning kind of handy towards the end, and I was taking a free. And the fellow who was standing up the free, you know, blocking, t- trying to block the free, he was so sick of it at this stage because we, we kind of just ran away. We were running by about seven or eight points at this stage. And I have this kind of weird stance when I take the free, like I kind of duck my arse down and uh, take my time, you know. And he's just there with his hands up in the air and barely conscious. And he was like, what the fuck are you doing? Taking a fucking shit? <laughs> 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 that's the funniest sledge that I've ever got. <laughs> and then the si- the following week, actually, we played uh, Man, is it Leitrim, who would have been very good. Leitrim. Leitrim. Of course, this is New York. Le- no. New York Leitrim would have been very good. That's very probably because everybody from Leitrim, once they turn eighteen, fucks off out of Leitrim. Well, do you know what it is? It's the big. It's it's money. Let yeah. Bring lads over and working on jobs. Rory Woods was playing for them actually. Do you know Rory Woods used to play for Manahan Big. Oh yeah, I I I know the name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I was marking some fella from um, from that team anyway. He was a farmer, man, and underage lad. Anyway, he was supposed to be. They were like, "Oh, you're marking your man. He's very dirty now, like you know." And well, that's uh, all he, you was, to hear. he was pl- pawing away at me anyway. <laughs> Whatever it is, I said, "Well, you." He did something, and then I reacted, and he reacted, and I reacted again, and I said, "Where are you fucking Torag?" <laughs> and he just went. <laughs> what the fuck do you call me? A Dorang! I've never fucking heard that before! <laughs> what the fuck's a Dorang? <laughs> you actually caught him out with the kind of little beautiful yeah, yeah. turn of phrase that tor- caught him off yeah, like. A fucking Dorang, I've never heard that. I've All right. Call- oh. I've been called a lot of things in my life and I've never been called a fucking Dorang. <laughs> Oh fucking hell above yeah. tonight. But it is it is um I love those stories about like playing abroad as well and I love when the when the GA goes abroad but like just kind of bringing it back to the rivalries. I definitely have a hope anyway and I I said this to you a few minutes ago that you know I do think for a long time that clubs and this is no to no fault of anyone who are administrators in club or administ- in, in the administration side of clubs but we'll say underage was slightly neglected 
um, the structures were, were neglected, bringing them in more family orientated and, you know, like really continuing all the way along, you know, under 12, under 14, under 13, under 14, under 15, under 16, looking at putting structures in place so kids are brought in, always trained, always looked after. I think that's happening now a lot more. I can see it in my own, uh, my own club, Ballyclough, even though I'm living in a different parish now and my boys are going to be playing for a different club. Um, and it is lovely to see that. And I, I, you can see the little sprouts. Like, Ballyclaw put up a little post there now during the week where they had all the little boys and girls were back because uh, uh, of back training. Back training. Yeah. And there was 40 or something like that there. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. geez, that's a great number. And I know there's a friend of mine involved in it. And I know, like, he, he, wouldn't, like, he wouldn't let any... He'd make sure that they were in for every grant. He'll make sure that they have every the chance. The gear and all that. The gear and, and, and part of a club kind of job. And he'll kind of have it working down so there'll be a fella in charge of this, there'll be a woman in charge mm-hmm. of this, and he'd be on top of it. And I think that is what is essential because there is so much competition now, Bernard. Like, is, yeah, yeah. Compared to what we were do- up against, like, yeah. you know? Well, that's like, just heard there that uh, Shane Lowry is going to be a sponsor of Offaly, and he was talking to J.P. McManus, and J.P. McManus said, put it into the underage whatever you're sponsoring put it into the underage we did it in Limerick I remember when I was doing my junior cert I was just used to study on a Sunday before the pre's and the Sunday game would be on or whatever you know the, the league Sunday and uh, there was a this is 2005 and the whole episode was about Limerick is it, hurling is disappearing in Limerick that was 2005 and they won the All-Ireland in 2018 mm. 13 years so yeah. in 13 so from the fact that they did a whole programme and Hurling is gone in Limerick. They're struggling. Football is better than it. Soccer is better than it. Rugby is better than it. I don't know where the hurling's going to come from. Sorry, like it's the days are numbered. Mm. JP McManus put the money in, underage. Oh, yeah, look at him now. And I mean, if you look at the likes of Kilkenny, Kilkenny are still going well now at the moment. They're like they're still contesting yeah. and stuff like that. But there was a time when Kilkenny were winning all Ireland's year after year after year after year after year. And so there was no into it was very hard to be enthusiastic in other parts of the country. Yeah. So it does take the likes of Lowry, the likes of JP McManus, the, these people who love it to put their time. You should go professional, it. and that's it. Put in the money. <laughs> give them fucking, give every player. Like, well, I actually do A hundred thousand euros. <laughs> I fucking come back out of retirement myself straight away. I think if you're playing inter-county, this is, this is my thing in it anyway. If you're an inter-county player, manager, fucking anything at all to do with inter-county, you pay 10% tax, national tax. That's, that's your, like you're, prof- you're giving to, into the culture of this country and there has to there should be an incentive you're not earning anything extra you can go in and earn as much as you want to but uh, your yeah, tax rate tax is break. 10% I, d- I don't know do they have some I, I get you yeah that's a good uh, and fair point I think it's even then because you still have to work you see probably is I'm definitely no economist but uh, they're probably that's definitely something to think about but they'll probably say yeah but there's some fucker there some country 40, come out, yeah, yeah. 42 years of age and he's still saying that he's playing for for Offaly and he's yeah. uh, <laughs> he hasn't paid a tap of tax in he's years. in the wheelchair <laughs> you know he's ob- he's clinically obese he's in an ear and he's he's the third choice goalkeeper for Leash <laughs> yeah yeah exactly oh, how does that work he's blind yeah. in one eye <laughs> yeah I don't know I don't know yeah I suppose there are, there'll always be like little fucking there's always going to be diffs because they say oh they shouldn't get sponsored oh but that you know they shouldn't get this they shouldn't get that it, it's all a, it's all a, a mess really because you just don't know where do you draw the line yeah do you know they should get something definitely I we'll go with the 100 grand so 100 grand 100 each. grand yeah so we'll move on the conversation to, to kind of I suppose like rivalries again like that's your childhood rivalry you're talking there about your neighbouring parish I suppose inter-county rivalries like 
there have been some fantastic inter-county rivalries down through the years and we both experienced it ourselves um, and you've got one or two fascinating anecdotes that you were telling me before we came on do you want to talk about them a small bit? Well, like, I suppose the obvious ones for us, Kerry Cork, you would know that as geographical and its success and its historical and our neighbouring counties and it's, you know, it goes without saying that there we're going to be rivals, you know. Mm. Um, so it's pretty obvious. It's the same with Mayo Galway, Tyrone Armagh, Dublin Mead, etc. Um, but I suppose Kerry Dublin is the, obviously everybody knows that's a big one. It's, it's probably the biggest in football, like. It's the biggest one. And I think from... It's traditional and it's enduring. Traditional, yeah. It is, yeah. It's going through the ages. It's going since the, like seventy-five, really. Mm. The fat first game when the pretty much the Kerry under twenty-one team won the All Ireland Senior Championship mm. that day. You know, that's bar one or two other players. The rest of that team was under twenty-one, and Dublin beat them the following two years, and then Kerry went on to win the four in a row. Yeah, and then the three in a row, and it was back and forth. But there was some. What I love about the Kerry Dublin rivalry is it's it is so healthy. It is a very healthy There rivalry. isn't much hatred there. No, there isn't. I don't think so, anyway. No, no there's like a bit of banter, I, obviously. They hit the dubs winning the whole time and yeah. all that. But it's a great... If you're, You'd have great crack with Dublin fans before a game, after a game. Dublin played Kerry in the league two years ago in Shirley. And Shirley just did up the, the, the Mitchell's end. They put a little kind of stand, like the one here in Airog, a little kind of shelter for a terrace behind mm. the goal. I don't know, about 4,000. I, I don't know how much Zach Park can hold. A couple of thousand Dublin fans came down anyway. They packed the whole stand. Yeah. They, they, I think they, apparently, I was talking to a fella in a bar in Trilly at a comedy night, and he said, that game brought 1 million euros into Trilly. Wow. Just from Dublin fans coming down. And they had a great crack. They're all here having banter. They love their football. We love our football. Their city, we're a country. Do you know, there's that brilliant... Um, there's the Culture Towny, it's the epic Culture Towny vibe. Yeah, like. It's the u- ultimate one, yeah. Yeah. Do you know? Now, like you can, I remember coming out of uh, Croke Park in 2007, which is one of the one of the great games that's forgotten, really. The 2007 semi final was brilliant. Uh, Declan Sullivan got a goal, start second half, that, that won the game for us. Won by two points, brilliant game. But uh, I remember coming out of 17 at the time. So, you know, you're kind of cocksure of yourself when you're 17, like, you know. Mm. And we were drinking then as well. Mm. So I walked out of Croke Park anyway, and this fella came up to me, about two foot taller than me, pure fucking tash, <coughs> and an earring, and a bottle of whatever in his hand. I don't know what it was. And he just walked straight up to me. Didn't know me from Adam. I was just walking down the street. He goes, you, Kerry, you fucking necker. And he kind of... <laughs> he went for you. <laughs> he kind of went, went for the fake yeah. button. I was like, what the fuck, <laughs> man? You know? So you're going to oh get my. things like... That was the only ever bad experience. I yeah. Had. But I was like, your man's like... There's a lot of hill boys that are don't even don't even know there's a game going on. There is, yeah, they're there for like win or lose. We're on the blue, the blues yeah, kind yeah, of exactly, vibe, like yeah. yeah. But there's when you meet a dub, Dubs fan, proper Dubs fan, you'd have some records. They Gary, know their Gary White's a great Dubs fan. Sinead, uh, Sinead Walsh is a massive Dublin a comedian from Dublin, um, yeah. massive d- Dublin fan, like really like no really knowledgeable, knows about the sport, knows like will, like will go on about games and moves and whatnot. You're right, like I mean they're yeah. great fans and they add. A serious colour to the game and I just want to go back to something that you were saying as well like to try and fix our own national games and we'll definitely be always pontificating as we go along on ideas like my 10% tax rule there now yeah. I didn't even look into that that's just uh, something that came off the top of my head <laughs> you never you, know you immediately poked like load of holes into it but like I, I do think that if the, the GA could find a way 
of bringing the dubs out of Croke Park more often than it, it would be to the benefit Definitely. of our country and yeah. our game. One of the highlights of my childhood was Kerry Dublin in, t- in Tardis, oh. 2001. Those two the Morris Fitz game? Yeah, I was right underneath him. I was right above him, I suppose. I was right, it was on the 45. I was on the 45 and that, that, uh, that stand, looking at it. Oh. And Tommy Carr was roaring into his ear like, oh, the line, the line, the line, you know. Yeah. And uh, just landed, I remember the roar, fucking unbelievable. And a cousin of ours was actually on the Dublin panel at the time. Really? Gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go away, so you the cousin? Casey, oh. Yeah. Mick Casey, as they call them, yeah. He played for Luke and Sarsfields. And uh, Paul Casey, his brother, went on to win All Ireland for Dublin. I think it was probably one of the most beautiful scores I've ever seen in my whole entire life. I think yeah. Kieran McDonald got a point one time, all right, for Mayo and Croke Park that, that, that emulates it. But, like, the, what, what was involved in that score? The pressure oh. and everything. Like, yeah, and he's just like yeah, a Rolls Royce of a player, like yeah. oh, just a beautiful footballer. But do you, do you know what happened with the quarterfinals? They used to, the first year of the quarterfinals, none of them were in Croke Park. I don't think maybe one or two were, but most of them were in the regional, provincial grounds. And it was unreal, like the color and the fake. I remember, I think it was a Sligo played Antro or Armagh. Sligo played Armagh once. Did you have a great and game? The again? color was black and orange all over, like Markovic Park. Unbelievable. But the reason they brought him to Croke Park is because the amount of people that missed Kerry and Dublin because they were stuck in traffic. Mm. They were stuck in traffic. There was no bypasses or anything. Then, like, so there was... I remember a fella had to turn around at uh, at Limerick and go back home. And he listened to the game in the car. Half of du- the first game, half of Dublin fans missed it. But that's a long time ago now, though. Like, what, what year was that? 20 years that's ago. That's 20 years ago. Our infrastructure yeah. is... Like, you can Far drive better. from Cork to Dublin now in two hours and 20 minutes no yeah. problem and not really Absolutely, break yeah. many rules yeah you know you can um whereas like you can so that means you can be down in feckin tip town tip town you know in an hour and half yeah. or an hour Absolutely, and like it's it's a different era it there's like that like do you remember the mayo Kerry match in limerick a couple of years ago that was ago? amazing like yeah like that was that on a saturday evening i think yeah. wasn't it saturday evening and what an epic game of football and like that would have like it like bring it into cork bring it parky Cueve is gorgeous now yeah do you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. But like, there's nothing better than a Munster final day going to going on the piss in Cork, yeah. going on to the match afterwards, going on the piss afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. We're not condoning drinking now, but I'm just saying that's what, what I like Th- to do. Those, qua- I think, a quarter final definitely. You know, I don't know what the way it's not going to be there this year, but it's definitely could be looked at at bringing it to a provincial ground. No, I know it, the likes of say someone like Loud now could get to a quarter final, and they're like, "Fuck's sake, I thought we'd be playing in Croker like a day yeah. out in Croker. We're playing Kerry, but we're playing it in Port Leash. Fuck that. Yeah. They might be pissed off with that. And the players, uh, they said the th- big thing is when you ask the players, would you rather play in O'Moore Park, Port Leash, or Croker Park? They're like, I don't care who we're playing. I want to play in Croker. Really? That's the problem with I, I that. Is that really the case? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm only, t- I'm just thinking to myself. If I thought I'm playing Dublin, right? Let's say I'm, I'm good enough to play for Cork. I'm playing Dublin, and someone says to me, "You can play them in Turles, and it's 50-50, or you can play them in Croke Park, yeah. and it's 70 30 Yeah. Will most of the lads go on to go. I just. I yeah, I go with Temple Stadium. Like I go. But I suppose if you're loud and you know you're going to get hosed no matter where you're playing, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. Or if you're, or if you're Cork now at the, t- at the moment, where things aren't going so great with with, with the football. You're, I don't know. I don't know. I still just, I just think you're always try, trying to, you should always be trying to fucking upset the odds and yeah, yeah. give yourself a, a chance. New bridge or nowhere. New bridge or nowhere, yeah. yeah There's power in home, man. There is, there is power in home for sure. Like, like Stack Park, though, wouldn't be a massive venue for Kerry, but it's it's their league league venue for under rights. 
Get savage atmosphere there when it's when it's full house, you yeah. know. Look at the Premier League at the moment. All the all the home uh, all the home matches. Home used to be such a powerhouse. Like I support Everton, we're after losing ten or twelve games at home this season. Yeah, you know, uh, because your fans aren't Same there. Same at Liverpool, they made around, made it balls of the whole season. Like you know, your favorite club. Delighted. Yeah. Delighted to <laughs> see that. But, um, yeah, uh, but you were on about the, the other rivalries, so the, uh, they're the obvious ones. But uh, one interesting one that I came across was Cavan versus Mead. That is interesting now. Yes, yeah, that was an, an historical rivalry. I, you'd never you'd never think that they'd be rivals, but that's interesting. Go on. Yeah, they were big rivals in the 40s and the 50s because Cavan were a massive uh, power back in the 40s. Of course, they won the... The, the famous All Ireland in the Polo Grounds in in, in New, New York against Kerry and um, they won the following year as well I think but what was happening was when they were winning in Croke Park they'd have to go through Mead to get back to Kevin and they'd stop off in Navin and they'd stop off in Old Castle and they'd stop off in these places and they'd be celebrating away and the barman in, in Mead would be like look yeah yeah work away have your points but just Christ hurry up lads the locals are yeah. aren't going to be too happy with this. I was like, all right now, we're bringing, bringing Sam back home now to Calvin. Have a good time. And um, Rubbing salt into the booze. Yeah, yeah. So Mead really hated that. Like the, the, the locals and the, the, apparently there was a massive um, kind of, it was a massive motivation for them. So they played then in the 1949 All-Ireland Final and Mead literally said they drove through our county last year and after coming home from New York, they rubbed it in our face. They were all over us and it's not happening and they Mead won that Ireland final by four points they won 110 to 16 and that was like kind of the big one that was the 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 kind of transfer of power we'll say to Mead at that stage was that Mead's first All Ireland I don't think it was our first All Ireland I'm not too sure on that but it was Jesus, it was 71 years ago 72 years ago now so it was a long, long time. No, they played again then in the 1952 final and I went to a replay and that was a massive one as well. And Kevin eventually won the replay nine, nine points to five. But the big thing about that game was that there was brothers playing, the Maguire brothers. There was Liam, Desi and Brendan Maguire, right? For Kevin. Liam and Desi played for Kevin, but Brendan Maguire played for Mead. In that All Ireland final, so there was brothers playing against each other in yeah. the, the All Ireland final, where, 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 1952. So the guy who played for Mead obviously isn't from Mead because the other no. two brothers were with, with Kevin. They're is from it? they're from a place. It's Cornafine. I think that's how you say it. Now there's probably people in Kevin going, "That's not how you say it. You say Cornafine, <laughs> you know, or Cornafine." Because I know there's, there's there's a place in Kevin called uh, Crush, Crusher Law, right? Right. But it's spelled Crusher Lock. That's what it's. it's Crusher Law. That's Crusher Law. Crusher Law. So they have probably a different way, but it's Cornafane. And I checked on Google Maps. This place, it's not even on the border. Like, it's 20 miles. So it's 32 kilometers from Old Castle, which would be the nearest town in Mead to, mm. to, to Cavan. So perhaps, you know, we're not... I'm, and I ch- tried to look up on it, like, you know, I said, did he have a falling out? Huh? They must have a falling out or something, anyway. What was it? What is it? Do you know what? I don't know. I checked up. And do you know why I can't find out? Tell me. Because there was a press strike in 1952 for six weeks from the end of August to the end of September, middle of middle October. And there was fuck all written about that Ireland final well, or anything to do with it at the time. That is just fascinating. I f- no, I know this is, isn't even live yet. But if anyone is listening to this and, ever, and knows 
why what? yeah those, tell us or how those why those brothers were on opposite teams between Kevin and Mead in what final what was 1952 1952 yeah. send us an email at uh, the square ball at gmail.com because we'd actually love to know I'd that. love to know that that's and we fascinating can let people will probably want to know because I checked Google I know there's probably there's some fella now on a forum down in, in, in Limerick or something now and he'll say oh I, I, I don't even for that now uh, your, your man got a job with the SB <laughs> <laughs> didn't he get wasn't the, the land commission that's what probably happened it was probably the land commission do you remember that I'm, I'm yeah. only guessing now this is no fact but like I think that's I think guessing is underrated on, on this show like I mean there's a lot of like wild speculation going yeah, on today yeah, like, yeah. I think he definitely did have a job at the ESB yeah yeah, yeah. he probably had a <laughs> <laughs> but apparently Mead was like oh the land there like like uh, Joe Rooney, you know the mm. Joe Rooney, the comedian. The he said his his parents they're they're all Galway or somewhere. They or no, they're from somewhere in Limerick or somewhere. But they uh, half them moved up to Mead because they were given land. They were like, "There's Mead's a big county," and there was they were giving, out, there. giving out land. So people, far, single farmers, young families, and things were moving up to Mead and good arable land up good there as well. Good land above there, by fine big farms. You're not giving it away now. No, I but there. the last time then. Uh, Kevin Mead met was in 1954 semi-final and Mead defeated them by two points no by a point sorry uh, but and they went on to beat Kerry in the final then in 1954 and that was the last time they played in the championship until 2005 in a round three qualifier and I wonder was there any bit of a legacy of that rivalry it probably had long dissipated I'd say it's only you know I c- uh, when you hear they're talking to Fred Cook now you know mm. that he'd be on about like Oh, Cavan, this... It's, no, no, it's Mead Cavan, you know. Really? Not Mead Dublin, no, no, it's Cavan Mead. Sometimes, because okay. he's up by Kells, like, which yeah. is on the way. And that's and funny, because, like, when you are from an area, that it, it does linger, I suppose, if your father or your grandfather, they'll be always... Like, that's who you're listening that's to. That's it, yeah. That's and Fred, Fred Cook's father's from Cavan, actually. So they have that kind of... They have that cross-border thing. Mm. Also, it, but the thing is, they rarely meet, because Ulster, Leinster. Yeah, you know? yeah. So. But they're still quite neighbourly. It's like kind of... Um, it's kind of like in Hurling, Kilkenny and Tipperary. Yeah. There's a massive rivalry between those two counties, but they only meet either in the league or in the latter stages of the championship. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, yeah. Um, and hardly ever in football. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's fascinating. It is, yeah. That you is know, fascinating. Br- and, and another random fact about brothers and finals is that the All-Ireland semi-final in 2013 between Mayo and Tyrone, that uh, was the first time ever two sets of brothers were marking each other in the same position so in midfield you had Colm and Sean Kavanagh and they were marking Aidan and Seamus O'Shea so that's a cool oh interesting lads. fact that, that that's how close the GA is in terms of family and, and, and uh, community and you don't ever want to lose that and no. like I think when you do introduce money into it and we're I'm kind of contradicting myself here now do you know with tax breaks yeah, and kind of grand, stuff uh, uh, but, but 100 grand <laughs> and they pay no taxes <laughs> if they're uh, until they're uh, until they're 35 <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. sta- that's it you that's stop it. that's it uh, and if you're a mentor you pay 12% and you'll get 50 <laughs> grand and you've to fucking you can only do 3 years the championship brought to you by Google <laughs> and Apple <laughs> Um, my rivalry, and we'll, we 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 need to. Jesus Christ, we're we're rambling on forty-four minutes. Brilliant, I love it. But that's just a sign of a good conversation. There it is. My my rivalry is the rivalry, the, my enduring rivalry, that is, and it's still lingering now, is the Cork Mead football rivalry, and uh, you you definitely know that one. Yeah. You know, like I suppose I wasn't born when it was at its prime. Do you know when it was at boiling point? Weren't you? No, I wasn't born until 1990. I know you played that year, but sure, I was only a couple of months old and I don't remember. Mm. 
But and I remember he played in 99. The 99 final, I remember that. And I remember just the hype about being, oh, this is Corkmead. And I was like, like how is this rivalry? Yeah. It, you know? It's... Oh, it's a, it's a it's a it's a wicked rivalry, and it kind of started like like Kerry won the Munster final in 1986, and they went on they won the All Ireland to beat Tyrone in 1986, right? And everyone was like, you know, this is everyone was kind of there was a lot of uh, retirements and stuff like that, and everyone was like, that's the end. They've got the, they've got the most out of their group of players. There was a good Cork team coming up who'd won a load of under 21s, and like we 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 first encountered uh, Mead in in '88. Uh, in the All Ireland final, and they beat us. They beat us fairly, fair and square. But their physicality was undeniable, yeah. and Cork just didn't. Uh, they didn't get to grips with it. And in '87, sorry, sorry, yeah, in '87, and then we met again then in '88 in the final in '88, and that was a draw. And controversially, wasn't it? It was a contra. Well, we should have won the fucking game anyway, yeah. right? We should have won the game normally, right? But it was controversial. It went to a replay, right? And then Mead had a fella called Jerry McEntee sent off in the replay, and they beat us by one point. But they beat us after f- they were so physical, yeah. I sw- and uh, intimidating. And they were like they had some big men now. Like I've a couple of names down here: Martin O'Connell, Liam Hayes, yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ Almighty, Colm O'Rourke, like that. He's six foot two, two footed, like absolute brilliant footballer. Bernard Flynn, David Beggy, Brian Stafford, like. They are giants, fucking huge, yeah. strong. That was the, the running up the hills of Tara with Sean Boylan. Sean Boylan built that, like you know. And he like, like a, a, a glorious, glorious manager. Like, yeah. you know, wouldn't you just love to have a Sean Boylan in charge of your club? Like, Absolutely, you know? like, yeah, yeah. What a, what a kind of a kind of a lovely soul. A lovely soul. Like, I mean, I even heard a story about uh, about him there. I can't think of the football player now, but when Billy Morgan was in charge of Cork again in the in the noughties, um Masterson, you know Masterson, the James Masters, James Masters, James Masters yeah. um, had some sort of a problem with his hip or something, and Sean Boylan rang Billy, um, Billy, and said, "I'm going to send you down." You know, he's um, a herbalist. That's right. I'm yeah. going to send you down stuff for Masterson there. I think it might it might help him. You know, I yeah. read about it and fucking sent it down and worked worked a treat. Um, but like just that kind of a different type of a soul involved. It always That's adds it, a yeah, bit of specialness yeah. to it. But they beat us in the replay then, and Cork, like Cork, had a f- like Cork were a different outfit now as well. I mean, we were like, as you well know now, in in, in Cork, it's hurling first, football is a very distant second, yeah. you know. And like my father now is a great example of that. He'd go to league matches and hurling. He loves hurling like passionately, um, and he'd go to a football match. All right, the Munster final, yeah, and he might go to the f- All Ireland final, and he might go to the semi final, but like. It's it, the negative. small ball. It's a small ball, but like it's there's a negative. Like I remember, even in the 2010 All Ireland final, there was just 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 a negativity that goes with the with the Cork supporters, and my father's indicative of it now. And like I mean, the man loves GA with all his heart and soul. Yeah. Like, but like, there's a thing about uh, about the footballers that fucking defends get down on top of them. But this cr- this group of players were a different group. And if you remember, we were pl- we were going for the double in 1990 as well. So yeah. there was added pressure on this group of players, but they were. Like I, they were a different outfit. They were like, like there was a great body of players there, but we had some real unique lads there as well. Like Danny Cullity, right? He's from Newmarket, but he was originally from America. Didn't co- didn't come back into Newmarket until his late teens. That's probably one of the main reasons my father really got behind that team because my father's a Newmarket man. Yeah. But Danny Cullity was he used to wear wristbands, red wristbands. No, this he, is did, he did the accent and everything. And he did not, it's, I've I've spoken to him on a few occasions. Like he's a proper American yeah, accent. Yeah. All. How you doing, Kenny? How you doing? Well, like. 
maybe twice in my life now. So, so I'd say in that Cork team, so there was hardly any Cork accents. You'd be Tompkins and Jay Fahey and and uh, and. You, Dave and Barry then was playing. Well, that was the year before, <laughs> yeah. That was like with 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 the soccer, it was just a weird kind All of. All right, rag- boys, let's go. All right, boy, kick it in. Sure, yeah, let's go. <laughs> it was a ragtag, I tell you honestly. And um, Larry, as you said, Shea he was on fire that year. He got footballer of the year, scored four points in the All Ireland final from midfield. Uh, from it? midfield yeah. with Danny Quality, and there was like, but they, w- but uh, that group of players, that group that came up from eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty nine, and ninety, and uh, even th- even though we won the All Ireland in eighty nine. Within that group of players, they still felt that they had something to prove yeah. because they, they hadn't beaten this me team. And the rivalry kind of came. The fans were st- their fans were spitting anger at, uh, onto Cork onto the Cork players as they were coming out through the tunnels. And yeah, everything. yeah. They were a different breed. Like they were always giving out about us because we're. I suppose you know, for Cork, we're a little bit cocky. We love being from Cork and stuff like that. We we're always complaining that they were too rough and they were because they were extremely physical and intimidating. But. 1990 there was a massive pressure and it was like the game was billed as like the modern GAA final like two great teams modern because like Kerry had kind of been there Dublin had been there before but this is this, this is the new generation the new generation and even if you look at the trajectory of All-Ireland winning teams in the 90s it was a massive kind of a like Derry won one down won one Donegal Donegal won yeah. one uh, Mead won one. Like there was a good Cork won one. There was a good selection of different teams, so it was a yeah. vibrant time for football. It was, yeah, yeah. Which came at the same time as soccer was becoming prominent. Which mm-hmm. there was an interesting documentary about ten years ago about that. That Croke Park had to make the decision to redevelop at that exact. You know, if you're looking at all those finals from 1990 up to 1995 or six, where Croke like, Park is constantly under development because mm. they're under pressure from, from the FAI, like because they were. People were going to soccer. They were like, "Oh, I want to be fucking Paul McGrath or uh, Ray Houghton," you know. So that's kind of a that's a side topic. But anyway, Ray Houghton came into my head there now straight away after you said Paul McGrath as well. We're that's in sync. That's it. We're in sync. Yeah, we and it. that guy gets a hundred grand a year. <laughs> but it was billed as this massive game, and there was and I, in my research for this podcast, I listened to interviews with. Um, Niall Cahillan, who was cornerback on the day, even though he wore number three, he was marking Colm O'Rourke. Uh, Connor Cunahan, who came from East Cork, actually. That's right, yeah, he's uh, Ahada. Ahada. And it w- it's not a strong football... Um, hurling area, isn't it's it? A, yeah. It's hurling, yeah. East mm-hmm. Cork is, is generally hurling. And, like, so he was another kind of an unusual... Like, this is what I find interesting about this group, an unusual... And he was centre-back, like, yeah. you know? He was centre-back, and he had this kind of an old... Sh- an old gate on him, but, like, he moved the ball... And if you got a belt off him, you knew about it, like. Yeah. Um, but there was a, there was a pressure upon them. But in the in in these interviews, I was listening. All they all at the same point. They all said that they actually didn't feel the the huge historic pressure of the double. They yeah. were all focused on one thing. Not even winning the All Ireland. They were focused on beating Mead because they had never beaten Mead, and they'd been getting it. And even that year, they played them in the All in, in the league semi final, and. Uh, there was, do you know the way there's always experiments in the league? There yeah, was quarters yeah. for this year. They were like trying to That's copy right, American yeah, it football. Awful, to be honest. Oh, it was so bad, man. It was so, so boring. Bad. And it was used to be on after the All Ireland as well, wasn't it? It was like the league back then was on in like October, November or something. Straight into it almost, isn't it? Weird, yeah. 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 It, horrible. And then there was a big break and then they come back in the spring again. So there's no momentum or anything like yeah. that. But um, yeah, Mead beat us in that again. And it was the kind of national vibe of. Fuck it. When it comes down to it, they can't beat me. Like they can't. Yeah. Like they won. Like they they beat me. All right, you know. And sure, God loves me. I'm never going to win anything. Yeah, uh, like yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, because Dublin had caught 
um, Mead on the hop in 89. So here we were, we were going to play him, and um, that year we were, we just got everything right. Like I mean, we played Kerry in the Munster final. We we beat you by 17 points. Now that's unheard of. Jeez, like that's yeah, unheard yeah. of. Like and you still had. Good, like so you were in the there, rebuilding. Like. Yeah. You're re- rebuilding. A, a Jacko, Patspalan, they were all still there. Ogie Morris probably still there. In like, ninety, no. were they? Were ninety, they I'd 90? say. Jacko, they were up there till ninety-one, ninety-two. Patspalan was there ninety-one anyway. Yeah. Um, there'll be plenty to correct me. Don't worry. But yeah, I'm. Pr- there was still we're a open, decent enough. Ninety-nine. We're open to get it wrong, but like, oh, yeah, 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 there's yeah. a good chance of what you're well, saying. We're, is we're no stat m- statsmen or no. And you can all fuck off if you want to give us a, give out us. So you can. <laughs> you can all fuck off, every one of you. We're only talking off the top of our head here. That that's the thing. Like seventeen points. Colm O'Neill, not the Ballyclaw Colm O'Neill. Now the other Colm O'Neill scored eleven points in that monster final. He was like a man possessed. I don't know if you remember the year before, Dinny Allen. Was it Slocum? Wasn't he? Mick man? Slocum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Actually, I do remember watching that on YouTube during the lockdown last Great year. Great final. I was like, geez, that was a hard Cork team. Very well, strong. Oh, very strong, very Bernard. Colm O'Neill, right? Eleven points in 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 that match, right? A sharp shooter, playing unbelievable. Twenty-three minutes into the into this match against Mead, and Mead. Now you're talking about some of the greatest footballers that ever played the fucking game. Yeah. Like solid all the way down the middle. Um, uh, what's the name of the fucking fella? That Liam Hayes. They're yeah, like yeah. Colm O'Neill is marking Liam Hayes. Turns around, hits him a box into the face. Twenty-three minutes gone. Right, and he'd been reddening him. Right, hits him a box. Obviously, a bit of off the ball or whatever. Referee sees it, and the referee goes straight over to him. Red card. Off you go. Yes. Off you go. God. Sent off. Cork. He, uh, we were up. I think it was six three when that when that happened. Went in at half time six five. Mead are catching up. We have to play the second half. We've only got only 40, 14, only players. fourteen men. And then if you watch, if you watched that match, and you obviously watched that match, um, that second half is, it's a. It's a, it's it's well it's just you should like if you haven't watched it go back and watch that second half. That's a team that is. Do you know when you say we were tuned in or we'll, you die under like you yeah, die under? Yeah. This is they fucking died under every every ball. I only found this out in my research to this. Larry Tompkins did his fucking cruciate with ten minutes to go. In that's that match right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And still kick two frees afterwards. Like so. I don't care what anyone says. That's that's upstairs in that's the head. Upstairs, yeah. That's not in your body. Like your cruciate ligament. He was out for eighteen months after. After it. that, yeah, never yeah. the same. Actually, never ever the same. So um, Shafa, he got four points. Four points. And Tompkins got four points as four well. Points. I tell you, man, the breeding in Kildare. Yeah. Well, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> 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 and Danny Colody. I think Danny. Danny oh. would. The, the, the throw up actually was won by Danny Colody. Go along, son. <laughs> right, yeah, it's right in there, will you? Can I. Sorry, Billy, to stop you there. Which one of us is the quarter. Is the QB? And why the fucking QB? Only driving in when you Fuck off, boy. But they but were great Cork teams, in fairness. They were. Uh, and you know what about that team? I don't know. Did you have the sponsors in the jersey? Did Barry's tea. Was it ninety? That coming yeah, in no, the year after? Do you I know? Think. I think you're right. I think it was the, uh, the, the year after. It was the last year of just the plain jerseys. Oh but yeah. I remember Cork. I, I turned the ticket down to go to that match. I took my father wanted to take me, but I'd gone to the hurling one, and I was thirteen. I was in boarding school, and I remember kind of going, "Oh Jesus no, Christ!" No, I was just a lot of travelling, and I was like, my balls had just dropped, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was only just sitting fucking trying to kiss an old girl, and um, I, I, it's actually the one regret I have with GA is not going to that because it's history. Um, and I'll finish up with this now because the rivalry s- endured after that. And yeah. we met each other again and, and stuff like that. But there's two players on that Cork team now, God rest their souls, that aren't with us. McCarthy from um, West Cork and John Kearns, Kearns right, the goalkeeper. Yeah. And it was when John Kearns, the, go- the Lord of Mercy on him, died that 
both panels of that Mead team in 87 and 88 actually travelled down to the funeral and it was do you know what it went an awful long way and there is the, 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 the rivalry is still there yeah. but the bad blood is gone they said that I remember uh, Tony Davis speaking in an interview saying that they were on holidays once by and by chance they're at the same resort yeah. and they were standing the opposite ends of the pool they wouldn't mix they wouldn't chat yeah. they wouldn't do anything and then when John Kearns passed away and they all came down they said it, it kind of put a, a, a nice uh, uh, I wouldn't say nice but just kind of a poignant message to it like look we're rivals on the pitch but look we're all it dissolved the animosity oh uh, yeah, yeah it did yeah yeah. and like I think that for me is like I think that is for me what rivalry is in my like I, I mean obviously my earlier story about this Garland that, that's just a kind of a local one but this one was, it was a high high intensity both teams like at the peak of their powers mm-hmm. wanting nothing more because I know what it's like to be involved in teams when you're going to try and win something and it's all that fucking consumes yeah, you exactly and I think w- w- when you say Cork Mead at that time Cork got the better of Mead at the right time in 1990 whereas Kerry and Tyrone had that rivalry throughout the noughties and they beat us in 03 05 mm. and 08 and we didn't get them until 2012 but it didn't it was too late yeah, yeah. it was too late 2008 was our year to get them yeah. we didn't and they always have, they'll always have that over us. They'll all, and and that's it, 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 yeah. As a Kerry fan, it's really hard to take. The that only way that 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 lever like is if you if you if you manage in a couple of years time to get a two or a three in a row against them to dissipate something it. like that. Yeah, but Jesus, that's a. But you got them on nineteen ninety. You were like, okay, th- this is the third year of it, fourth year of it. Yeah, and we have you know. We I think if you do a three in a row, you're that's it. Then there's superiority. If yeah. he had beaten us that time, because oh yeah, beaten that would have been. Yeah, that would have been it. Like yeah. that would have been it. But yeah. I think looking back at it now, Mead won two All Irelands. We won two All Irelands, and I think it's fair to say that they were like yeah at the time they were probably the two best teams in Ireland. The rivalry was intense. There was a decent amount of hatred there, but time kind of healed that, and the rivalry endures. It does indeed. Rivalry, be it healthy or otherwise, is always welcome. And give them a hundred grand a year. And <laughs> give them no fucking tax. <laughs> no tax. Mm, that's it, guys. That's it. That's it. That's uh, that was an episode of the Square Ball. That was the second episode of the Square Ball podcast, uh, a podcast for, uh, about the GA uh, by myself and Bernard Casey that never actually made it off the ground because we just got too fucking busy. We got too busy with life, and uh, yeah. It just never, it just never got there. But there's some beautiful episodes that we've recorded on 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 my Zoom. So I'm going to release them over the next couple of months, and uh, yeah, so you can look forward to a few of those. They were all recorded in the depths of lockdown, and uh, I don't know. I think you can hear, I think you can hear echoes of 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 the um, echoes of the past in it. There was a fucking. There was something about about lockdown, lads, and I just, I just don't know. It, I think it changed the mentality of um, of the world, and uh, definitely can hear it in myself back there uh, when I listen back to this podcast uh, during the week. So anyway, I'm gonna leave you with that. Next week, guys. Next week, I have an unbelievable podcast. Uh, it's gonna be going up on YouTube. It's uh, a very, very special podcast featuring my uh, my uncle Michael and his story from uh, coming from a big family in Duhalla and emigrating to America in the 1980s falling in love moving to Texas having kids with the love of his life raising their family and then when all that is done and they're just about to kick back and enjoy the rest of their life my uncle Mike.
gets a stroke and nearly dies. And uh, spoiler alert, he doesn't die <laughs> because he's on the podcast next week. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's going to be a special one. Uh, so tune in and listen to that again and uh, if you're enjoying the podcasts guys please let me know fucking shout me out on on social media shout me out on your stories uh, at me fucking tap me twist me flick me whatever the fuck I don't know whatever whatever way it goes just fucking tell people tell people go listen to this podcast you pricks Uh, anyway go on staying by the wall staying by the wall Stayed by the wall.